now. All right, good morning and welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and to our conversation with Steve and Sean, um, two sides of the country. Uh, but yeah, we are together this morning with you starting up and hopefully you'll stick with us through the whole thing. I know we waffle about all sorts of things. It's old men's waffle, but waffling is good. Waffling is good. <laughs> mm. We've got the waffle on here. This is Breakfast Waffle with Sean and Steve. Good morning, Man, Steve. Man, now I'm hungry. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Come back here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, my end of the world is cold. Steve is in t-shirt, so his end of the world is a little warmer. But great to be with you again. Thank you for participating with us. And like I said, I hope you stick with us right through the conversation because it really does get better as it goes. Um, as old men, we start mumbling and jumbling around with all sorts of <laughs> topics and things. And, and then it seems like suddenly we hit the pneumatic cost, strike and ignite, and something begins to roll out and a theme kicks in. However, today, as I, I woke up early this morning and I was, so, something Steve said to me um, last week, because I'm like into this whole farming deal and uh, I've got my, my little seedlings and my, my vegetable garden going on and I'm doing the crappy job of turning the compost and uh, building compost heaps, etc., etc. And I said to Steve, I said, I don't understand why I'm going to do farming and I'm supposed to be making an impact in the world. And Steve said, yeah, but you've got to be a husbandman. You know, that was like the thing. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get there, Steve, um, I want to, before I get your, your, I, your views on that, I want to just read something to you that a friend of mine posted, um, Lindy, she posted this yesterday, yesterday or the day before. And um, yesterday she posted this and I thought it was really interesting in the light of what we are dealing with right now. So this uh, somebody, she like shared what somebody posted, but it's, it says this, just a short article. It says the fourth Fatimid Caliph Al-Mu'uzi Il-Li-Din Allah ruled from 530, if I didn't get the name right, sorry. Um, ruled from 953 AD to 975 AD and moved the center of power of the Fatimid dynasty from Tunisia to Egypt. In persecuting the church, he once issued a decree to close all churches of the Coptic Christian community in the land and to forbid the church bells to ring. So capital punishment threatened anyone who dared to meet in a church or even open a church. Obviously, we're talking about the building. For nine long years, the churches were closed. The, ch the gates grew rusty and the pigeons took residence in the sanctuaries. Some of the faithful Christians traveled across the desert seeking monasteries in the wilderness so that they could meet for prayer and worship. However, the majority of them could not afford the time to travel on foot across the desert, so they were forced to stay in their homes on Sundays. After nine years, the caliph decided to see for himself how the Coptic Christians were now crushed and silenced. In disguise, he set out on a Sunday and walked in the streets of their quarters in old Cairo, and he heard the sound of their prayers, Bible readings, and worship from every house that he passed by. His reaction was another decree, a famous quote, 
open their churches, let them pray as they please. I thought they'd close the church in every street only to find out that I'd open a church in every house. The challenge, he states, the church building may be locked down because of this virus. The church is not locked down. Whether you are a family or you are alone, let the church in your house pray, read their Bible, and worship God. The very gates of hell or virus cannot prevail against us. Matthew 16, 18. And that is found in the Facebook group if you want to go and read it. It's an article in the Facebook, um, Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group. So, Steve, that's sort of a very powerful approach. What I was thinking this morning is that, you know, we're about equipping. That's, I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing as, as giftings to the body of Christ. We're supposed to be equipping the church, and that's what we try and do in our conversations is really inspire thinking, uh, ignite uh, different trains of thought for people to go and have a look at what the word actually says and, and uh, pray about it and seek God and implement it, obviously, in their life to take action. And I thought to myself, well, if we, you know, how can we do more equipping of the home person, the, the home leader, the person that's, that is in that, because that's what we're experiencing right now. I mean, right. it, it, you know, people are still trying to gather, so they get into car parks and, and whatever else. They, they're trying to congregate and, and meet, and which is great, I suppose. But, but the home is where it's, it's got to happen. It's like, this is the home. And I think coming out of this, because there's still going to be an element of social distancing in levels, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know what the future looks like. But whatever it looks like in the future, and wherever you are in the world, I'm talking not to Steve. I know who Steve is, but wherever you are in the world as a, a watcher, a viewer, a listener, whatever, is that, you know, home is going to be the thing. I, I, I really have a sense of that. And I'm really seeking God on how we can do more equipping of that for those people and saying, you know, what, what, what kind of, I don't want to say program because that's not really, but how do we do more equipping, you know, for in that area? Um, and then I, kept, I thought about what you said about, about the husbandman. So I'm mean, just one more thing I'm going to read. And in, in Luke chapter 20, verse nine, it says, and he began to tell the people this parable, a man planted a vineyard and rented it out to vine growers. I looked up the word vine growers and it means tenant farmers, tenant farmers. And it says, um, so he rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey for a long time. And at the harvest time, he sent a slave to the vine growers, which tenant farmers, in order that they might give him some of the produce of the vineyard. But the vine growers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Of course, we know the parable goes on to say he sent the second time and he sent a third time and each time they they beat them up and, and whatever the story is. And then lastly said, the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. And when the vine growers saw him, they reasoned with one another saying, this is the heir. Let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So I, I mean, okay. So that's the whole parable that goes on to up to verse 18. Um, but what I wanted to maybe throw out there, Steve, this morning is 
what is that role of the tenant farmer, the vine grower? I mean, that's obviously what he's referring to. Right. The actual, uh, in King James, it says husbandman. Yeah. Which is, okay. uh, you know, and um, husbandman, uh, at least from from the Strongs, if you look at the Strongs, it says um, one who tills the ground. So you've got this guy who's a tiller of the ground, even though he's he's borrowed it, even though he's he's one who's leasing the property from somebody else. Right. He's the one now that's going to nurture the plants. Yes. And um, the the if we're thinking about the body of Christ or just individuals as individual plants, uh, you know how you treat those little plants as they're coming up. You know, there's a seed that's put into the ground. Well, as soon as it starts to come up, there's certain things that you do with that little plant. Uh, like right now we were talking this morning, you have little bugs and things like that that are starting to eat some of the little plants coming up. Well, you don't, want that happening so what is our strategy then to take down those little bugs what is our strategy next to because they might not be greening up enough you know they're not getting enough nutrition what do i need to amend the soil with in order to bring forth that nutrition and so it's it's in every stage the husbandman works with he's working with that little bitty plant to bring it to its next level whatever that is and so if you begin to think as a husbandman, one who does not own the land, but I'm leasing it in order to produce something on this land or on this property or in this person, um, uh, I'm watching the stages of growth in that little plant and just helping it get to its next level. Right. Right. I, you know, it's just something that comes to me right now. I'm going to... We can talk about that. I just, just as, as the ownership goes, is like, do you know that in England, the monarchy, the monarchy owns the land in England? Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's leased. I mean, you buy land, but it, the, the fact is the monarchy could throw everybody off the land because they own the whole of England. Um, as I understand it, I don't know, constitutionally, of course, it's changed, but that right. was the original, the original precept was that the monarchy really? owns the land and, and you basically rent it from the monarchy. And, uh, and so they can, they can take it. So what you had to do back in historical times, you had to pay a part of your harvest to the monarchy. Right. Well, even uh, the nobles, the nobles yes. that had their little castles and stuff like that, right. you worked the land, but you gave them a portion of your right. Yeah. And that's where landlord, the word landlord came from because they were lords and owners of the whole land. And you were sort of a substance, well, not substance, but you were tenant farmer right. in that context. And you had to pay a portion of your harvest. And of course, the greedy ones would take, you know, lots of the harvest or all of the right. harvest and, and leave you starving. But, um, but that was the, the, the premise. And so that's the same premise here. Um, yes, I, I, I so, so he goes, you know, the, let, let's kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they wanted to take all the land, but, uh, the, the husbandman, um, it's interesting because now we, we having to deal with who, do, who is that? Who, I mean, who, who is that, that person that, that has, that becomes that husbandman the, well husbandman 
I yeah. am. Uh, we're watching over the growth of certain uh, plants that are the planting of the Lord. <laughs> uh, uh, in Ezekiel, it talks about the river flowing from the throne of God. It's about the the river that comes forth out of the sanctuary, out of the um, out of the temple. You know, it says it flows toward the eastward and and you put in the line and measure it and it's ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then finally water's deep enough to swim in. Mm-hmm. But it's coming out of the temple. And it says at wherever that river flows, it says there's trees planted on either of that river. And their leaves, because they're being they're being brought this life by this river, their leaves are for healing for the nations and they'll have meat or fruit on them uh, to be able to feed at any time at any season, which is really interesting because who is that temple? Well, that temple's you. It's not some, some strange temple that was back in history sometime. He's talking about this man with the line in his hand is measuring a temple, you. And out of your belly flows a river of living water. Well, there's trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that are on either side of that river that are going to bring forth fruit in their season. They're going to bring forth leaves for healing in the nations. But it's because they're beside your river. They're planted by your river, that river of living water that flows out of you. And as a husbandman or one who is a, a leaser or one who is a tenant farmer, one who who is just basically a steward. He's watching over this land. I'm not the owner of it, but I'm watching over the trees. I'm watching over the land. I'm watching over the plants. My job is to give them life and to give that to them more abundantly. So I'm allowing whatever it is that I've got in me to bring that life. And it should be a river of living water to them. In fact, it goes on later in Ezekiel there, and it says that wherever this river flows, it flows into the Dead Sea. Well, a dead sea is the dead sea because there's no outlet. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of water coming in, but there's nothing going out. So the evaporation and everything else causes the water to become very salty because there's no escape of it. And our job is to help, is, it says wherever this river flows, it shall bring life back to the dead sea. <laughs> so this the water that we have, the water that we're watching for, the water that we're giving, this life-giving spirit that we are is helping them now to have an outlet. Because a lot of times people become a fountain shut up in a garden and enclosed. There is no outlet for them. They have no place. Our job is to help get that flowing again. Right. And uh, find a place for that new, find a place for them to grow, find a habitation for them. You know, uh, you said something here a while back, Peter, do you love me? Lovest thou me? Well, then feed my sheep, you know, point main on my sheep. Um, find them a place, whatever it is their nutrition is right then at that moment, find out what they need to eat and get them in that pasture. But then he says another word, he says, feed my lambs. That's the word Bosco which means find the place where they fit. Find the place where they can live and feel safe and feel they can grow. So not only feed or find that place, that the nutrition that they need, but now find a place of habitation for them. Find a place where they fit and help them, help them be able to grow at that point. So if they come into something fully mature, so their tree 
now I'm, I'm changing the metaphor, their tree, as it says in Ezekiel, has leaves on its tree for healing for all the nations, and their, their fruit will be meat in all seasons for, for everybody. So I guess as a husband, when you think about who are these people, um, there's, there's several people I can think of that I, that I talk with on a daily basis they don't know what their role is right now, but really they are husbandmen and they take care of maybe one, two or three plants right now. Um, if you're faithful and little, the Lord will give you more, but how faithful are we in those one, two or three little plants right now? Well, I think that, that is, um, that, that's the thing is when you, when you're in a small setting, you know, when you when you're doing making every house uh, a meeting place it's like then it's not about the crowd anymore no no it's then about nurturing so i it's about the plant again yes, okay so let's person. go back to to the the analogy or the, you know the, the analogy of the of of the gardener kind of thing and that's really what you are let's talk about gardening is that first off, a number of things I see in this, just listening to you talking, and I'm just thinking about what I'm doing, is like, first off, I'm not a nursery. I don't have, I don't have, you know, a greenhouse full of seedlings and stuff. I'm nurturing, like, I've got a couple of packets, and, and I've got, I'm working really with what I've got, you know, so. Right, right. Potting soil. That's I've what found, we're doing. Yes, I found some little, 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 um, little, uh, what do they call them? Little tubs, things, you know, growing tubs. And I fill it up with some soil and I put the little seeds in. I mean, I'm nurturing the, like the one stupid little scriggly, scrawny, you know, um, little lettuce thing growing out there. I've got him, man, and I'm looking after them, watering them. So I've got like three trays of this because I've got a tray of microgreens. So I do that as well. I've got microgreens growing. They're my babies, you know, watch them. And there's a whole process to that, but I'm going to nurture that thing. So I start in, in, um, in, uh, egg, egg box, you know, like carton, egg cartons. Egg carton, yeah. so, so I put a bit of soil in there cause it keeps it moist. And then this thing shoots up a little bit. Then I cut that thing out, cut the bottom out, stick it then in the next little thing. So I nurture, but the, I cannot grow that thing. I can only create the environment for it to grow. Right. Right. So I facilitate its growth. Right, but I can't make it grow. I, you know, because oh, the power is in the seed. Power is in the seed. Seed, yeah. The potential of the of a vegetable is in the seed, not in not in the gardener. Right, the gardener has to be has to be a person of faith. <laughs> right, I must tell you this. We've got this like area that's got um, paving, like old paving. I mean, it's from the previous whatever. So they stuck a whole lot of paving down. But it's got some cracks in it. It's not, it's not, you know, done nicely. It's just laid down. So what has happened is it's under a tree and the trees dropped stuff over the years in this. So I looked into these cracks and I go, man, this is rich, like compost in there. And I something, this is good. So what I did was I took my little finger and I stuck my finger in a couple of holes and I planted some pak choy, pak choy um, cabbage <laughs> in this. So I got these little seedlings coming out. Now, no way. Flags on there, and I'm like blocking everybody from stepping on. But I, you know, all I did was found the right environment, right? Put it in, 
and and covered it up with some mulch so it's it's nurtured nicely and let it grow. And that's Bosco. That, Bosco, my lambs. Yes, find a place. Find a place that's rich for it. Right. You know, and I think I think that's. I was funny enough. Listen, I was last night on a webinar listening to soil science guys talking about new methods of farming. I mean, like major right. farming and new methods of of soil science. And the guy said three things. Three things he said: mindset, skills, and tools. A farmer today needs to to because they were talking about nurturing the ground hmm. to produce. So you're not throwing in a lot of artificial fertilizers right. and gypsum to regulate the pH and stuff. You're actually putting putting um, crops on the ground that grow, and so you don't leave it laying fallow. You know the ground and it gets hard and what right. you, you're actually constantly leaving crops on it because the roots give it compost, nearly break it up, and and all the rest of it. And he said, but it takes a new mindset to do right. that. Instead of farming, he showed like a road down there and there's one farm with like, it's just barren. They took a sample of the ground. It's like, it looks like cow dung. It's just mushy. And then on the other side, it's like firm, beautiful, porous uh, ground. And so that farmer has changed his mindset. This farmer is still trying to do it the old way, which mm. is to... Uh, he wants to grow the stuff, you know, he's right. force feeding what it needs, what he thinks it needs and he's getting crop, but the other one is getting the rich right. ground. So he goes, it takes a mindset first, then you've got to get the skills and then you've got to get the tools. But right. he says mindset is first. And I thought that's interesting. We've been talking about that all the time and we're back to, you know, you were saying is that, um, because I, I, when you started talking about being a husband, I thought, well, that's a mindset shift, you know. It's just like that we are facilitators. And I think that's the important thing is like you and I do this. It's right. teaching, equipping kind of thing. But I think when we're sitting with a group of people, we've got to get – and I think that's where people feel very threatened by it or very insecure about doing this because they think they have to be prophets, teachers preachers they've got to come up with a new message every other you know day and and it's not true right right and the main thing is find out what that that little pile of seedlings needs at that point at that moment at that time um because there's uh i was just on a on a call wednesday uh with a a body of believers up in the pacific northwest and we were talking, um, we've been talking about this same type of thing in a little bit different way, but they're, they're just tr starting to get together. And so they're talking right now about, you know, how do you do this? How do we functionally work this out? Because we've got all these people that just call in on this number. And then we sit like you and I are right now and we talk talk about things. So how do we, how do we work this? You know, what do we do? And basically it's just finding out, finding out what those people need somehow, somehow you have to find out what the plant needs. You can't, you can't just arbitrate. It isn't about the husbandman. <laughs> it isn't about me and what I know. It's about 
what that seed is that's in that to, to make that particular plant what it is. And what does that type of seed need? What does that type of plant need? What does that need to grow right now? And so the objective or the, the mindset has changed a lot because it used to be about my gift, my anointing and rallying as many people as I can around me so that I get a crowd. Yeah. And we have a church now. Right. Right. Now it's the, the mindset has shifted to where it's not about the husbandmen anymore and what I can inherit. It's about what the crop is going to be. Yes. It's about what the, what the plant needs. And of course, that's what's happened with you too. It's not, hey, I'm going to be a farmer. I'm a farmer now. <laughs> you know, It's about how can I get these plants to do what they're supposed to do? How can I get them, you know, what's eating? Like we were just talking about, you know, what's eating these little tiny seedlings? I don't understand this. You know, I mean, I wake up in the morning, here's a bunch of these little, you know, chew marks on them. You know, what is it? Is it bugs? Is it birds? You know, what is that type of thing? That's what a husbandman does. You know, what's eating this crop? What's, what's eating this Mark chapter four, what's coming and eating the seed or even picking it up before I even, before it even has a chance to grow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is this stony ground? Is it, is it fertile ground? Uh, you know, what type of ground is it even? And the work, you know, I, I, I saw a quote yesterday because I spoke, I spoke about having a agricultural mindset when it comes to leadership in organizations and enterprises. Right. And, and um, a quote was, work hard in silence, let success make the noise. Hmm. And so it's just that, that is what we do, you know, and that's what we got to do with it, with a, a farmer mindset, a gardener mindset is like right. we work in silence. It's not about making a noise about who we are. I right. mean, you know, it's like the engine of a, of a, of a garden, of a vegetable garden, the engine is the compost heap. Right. And you know, composting, composting, nobody sees me. I thought yesterday I had to move this like uh, pallet size. I mean, a pallet size compost heap that is about, uh, well, pallet size deep. So it's, I've got three pallets that make up a compost and it's like that deep. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's got horse poop in there and <laughs> leaves and uh, chips and it's got, uh, uh, grass clippings and stuff like that. And it's like, nobody's around to see me turning this big pile of stuff. It's like, you know, we can get on this call and immediately people see us, well, within the hour or two or the next day or something, people see us and we're having an impact. Composting, there's no impact straight away, man. It's just like, but there's a bunch of little seeds that are going to love me like right. in the next couple of months, you know, because of what I'm doing. They, people will sit at the table and eat big leaf, big leaf vegetables like this, but they don't realize the crap I had to shovel before, I, before they got to do it, you know, months before the time. And right. so I'm busy creating an, something, a, what is necessary, working in silence. Yes, I was sweating, man, out there. It even started snowing. I, I was like sweating in the snow, uh, <laughs> turning a bunch of crap over um, to produce vegetables later down the line. And, right. and I thought, you know, this is exactly what the quote is. is like, I'm working in silence, but let the, let the noise, 
the, the noise of the success be heard. So right. the results are the fruit of what you produce is like, and you, I, I was thinking again is like um, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, uh, I plant Paulus waters, but God right. gives the growth. God right. gives the increase. Right. And we've got, if we don't remind ourselves of that, is that constantly, is that God grows people. We've just got to facilitate nurture. Nurturing is the, is the leadership word today. Nurture. Nurture the growth. Empower them to become right. who them to be. And that's what a husband does. He's a nurturer, basically. And he, he nurtures the plant, but he also tills the soil, makes sure the soil is, is good enough around right. it to supply for that little plant. Yes. It's not only the feeding, the poimeno might, uh, you know, I switch them back and forth there. I'm thinking of the words that Christ said to Peter, you know, poimeno my sheep, feed my sheep, but he also said, Bosco, my love. So not, not only do you find the nutrition that that particular plant needs or that particular sheep needs or whatever, but you also find place, find that place where it can grow, find the place that the environment in which grow again. Uh, in Luke chapter 13, Christ spoke to this. Well, he said a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, came and sought fruit there, found none. Now this is a, a man who had a fig tree planted in a certain man had planted a fig tree in his vineyard so it's a different type of a plant even okay he's planted a fig tree in a vineyard and he came there and sought fruit thereon and found none then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard or the husbandman behold these three years i come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none cut it down why does he even bother to cumber the ground <laughs> you know it's not bearing anything the husbandman comes to him then and says don't cut it down just yet. Give me one more year and let me dung around it. I'm going to dig around it and then I'm going to put fertilizer around it. I'm going to amend the soil because it needs a different type of nutrition. If it doesn't produce in a year, then you can cut it down. But let's see what happens after I dung it. And that's basically what, what we do too is, is it isn't time yet to, Father, what are you doing here? Why, why is it you're planting a fig tree in the middle of a vineyard? You know, why is this person here? Well, let me, let me dung around this person. <laughs> let me dung around him. Let me dig around it. Let me see what they really need to grow. And the Lord doesn't do that. I know he doesn't come and say, hey, just cut this guy down. But our job as a husbandman is to find out, like we've been saying, you know, what these plants need and help nurture them to the next level, whatever that is. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. If we see them as tender plants that can get bruised, that can get bent, that can get hurt, that can get damaged, and just helping them get to their next level of growth, it takes all, the, all of the focus off of me and puts it rightfully back on what the plant is. So, anyway. I think you know, I, it, it comes to me again in something that you and I have spoken about, something that's very, very dear to my heart is 1 John chapter 2, where it talks about verse 14, I think, and 15, where it talks about, uh, I, I speak to you fathers, I speak to you, well, I speak to you children, I speak to you young men, I speak to you fathers. And, you know, that's the environment of nurturing is family. Right. right. Family community. And right. if, 
as, as you know, we're talking about Ghana, maybe we can talk about this again, maybe next week, is like talking about the, 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 the heart of, of a mom and a dad. You know, what, what does that look like? I think maybe we should talk about that next week. I'm not going to pick that up as a topic now, but because I really want to focus on the gardener side of things. But I'm thinking that that is like the real environment that we've got to work in. You know, that's the environment we need to create. Um, that's God's environment. That's his environment. He doesn't send a prophet. He doesn't send a pastor. He doesn't no. send a priest. He doesn't send, you know, he doesn't send a, a religious leader. He sends his son to create a, and for the revelation was um, uh, God is your father. They're going, no, but Abraham's our father, you know? Um, and they're going, you know, you're a blasphemer. How can, you know? So he was introducing a whole different mindset when it comes to nurturing what we work with people, you know, it was, this is family. And, and, I, I really believe that was something that the apostles or the disciples at that point in time really could grasp because that's how he worked with them as right. a son revealing the father to them. And well, we're talking and, about just the Hebrew word for the word son. It's the word B-E-N, Bain, yes. which means builder family name. Right. I'm not building my own. I'm building the family name. Right. So it's all about family. It's all about, you know, that kingdom of our king, you know, different family. I think because, because that's the thing is we, we I mean, I, you know, I grew up, grew, grew up in my Christian faith and my spiritual walk thinking like that is like, I've got to be, you know, I've got to have the revelation. I've got to have this like teaching ability. And this lends itself because if you're not equipped, if you're not called and graced to be a teacher, you end up in heresy. You end up, you know, teaching all sorts of weird and wonderful things. If you're not graced <laughs> with the gift of being a prophet, suddenly you prophesying weirdness, you know, is like, I have the spirit of weirdness, not the spirit of prophecy. Is like, you know, if you're not called and graced to be a, a elder, you will become a controller you know if you're trying to be something that you're not and that's what i'm always going to people is like oh i am a apostle i am a prophet is if you've got to tell me what you are something's wrong already if you've got to proclaim if you've got to put it in front of your name something is wrong something is wrong is that you've got no identity in who you are as a son before your father you that's right as a son before your father you will represent and you will, um, you will manifest the dome of the gifting, the ability that's within you. But if you're trying to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and you're not as an equipper called to grace to do that, forget about it. If you're trying to operate in the, the give, the manifestation of the word of knowledge and you're, you know, and it's not the Holy Spirit moving in you, it's death. That on that, um, on that uh, webinar last night about, about farming, the guy said, he said, your focus as a farmer has got to be to encourage life. Wow. Life. Wow. I thought, this is incredible. And you know, it's like, I chewed on this like all night because I thought, 
That's amazing. These farmers know more than the church. It's just like, this is amazing. He says, it's about life. We've got to have a mindset of life to encourage life in the ground, life in the plants, and give the plants life. And I thought, wow. You know, we try and draw life to, to, the, to the position, to the title. Right, right. It's like, work in silence. Let success be the noise. Let the fruit of, of people's lives be what is important, not right. what you proclaim. It says of Jesus that he did not cry out in the streets. In other words, to draw attention to himself. A broken, a, a bent reed he did not break. A, you know, he, it's just like he didn't break the things that were, were bent. He fixed them. But he right. didn't fix it. That's, uh, that was something else that I, I read. It's like, we have a mechanical mindset. We've got to fix things. Counseling. Right. We'll counsel you to fix you. You cannot fix people. You cannot fix people. You cannot fix things. You cannot. What we've got to do is nurture them. With an agricultural mindset is we nurture things into their growth and, 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 and facilitate their ability to grow. Uh, you know, that's what you're saying. And that's like, this thing is just, so, since you said that word to me, it's just like, oh man, it just became revelation. I should know this, but you know, it's just like, uh, it became like a real insight, a real word of wisdom. That was a, a, a manifestation of wisdom to me. It's just like, yeah. Yes, I can see that. And now I'm, I do it enthusiastically. I shovel the jolly crap heap because I, I know I'm working in silence and I'm learning. I'm learning in, the, in, in this process to, for whatever lays ahead coming out of this, whatever God's got for me in the future. And I'm, I'm trusting God's going to help me, you know, to have more wisdom to, to process this in, in facilitating growth, uh, you know, to right. nurture, to create... I, you know, Steve, is like I've always wanted Kingdom Leadership Equipping as a group to be a nurturing place, to be a place where people, where people can come in and grow and become leaders. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like right, where, right. where people participate and, and put in stuff, but it's a safe place where it's not being criticized what people are doing wrong, you know. There we discuss, okay, was it the right thing or wasn't the right thing? Is it in the principle of God, not in the principle of God? Because I found on social media, there was so much debate and argument and criticism. And all it did was, I, then I saw unbelievers, you know, posting and just, right. it was just a bad, we're letting our brown panties hang out, our laundry hang out, you know, on social media. I don't think it's right, you know. What we've got to do is go into a safe place where we can discuss it, challenge it, you know, as on the principles of what the word of God says and what the kingdom of God is about rather than just throwing out. Anyway, that, right. that, so, you know, just within the, that context, when you gave that word, that became like the, I said, okay, I've got to change my thinking. How do I nurture? How do I create a nurturing environment rather than a teaching environment, you know? Right. And, and what's uh, strange is, how's my signal, by the way? Uh, yeah, it comes and goes. So, ah. Well, so I apologize for Steve's. Um, um, apologize for me. Apologize <laughs> I'm for apologizing me. for you to the audience. It's just like Steve's got not such a, you know, that happens. I don't know who you, who you with Comcast, man. I don't know. They, they, pipes they call it, they call it fidelity, but I think it's infidelity. <laughs> is what it is. 
Yeah. The, um, but that's what uh, it was about a year ago, I believe we were talking about this same type of thing. How did Moses do this? Why, what happened with Moses? And the Lord took him after 40 years of following the sheep and the goats. And he says, what's that in your hand? He says, well, it's a staff. He threw it down and became a serpent, of course, picked it back up again, blah, 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 you know, that whole thing. But the whole thing that hit me about a year ago is what's that in your hand? I have already done this work in you. I've shown you physically who you are spiritually. I've already shown you in the natural how to do this. All you have to do is just apply those same principles because you're no different spiritually than you are naturally. You're the same person, and I'm sending you. That's it. Plain and simple. I'm not sending a gift. I'm not sending an anointing. I'm sending you, and I've put you through a certain path. And that's why when, um, you know, this whole path that you've been on this last, whatever, couple years, year, as far as that, that nurturing the plants, you know, that whole thing has been a shift in your mindset. You've been saying that for, you know, the paradigm shift. You know, you've been saying that for so long, but to watch that happen, to watch that shift happen uh, right in front of my eyes, as far as this is who you are. This is how you've always operated. I mean, I've seen you operate this way for what, 20 years? with guys and stuff and with with people around you this is just who you are you've always been that that husbandman but there's been no it, it's not it's only been like like you said last night or yesterday or whatever you finally see this oh <laughs> that's it <laughs> you know it's this is how we do it uh because we've never we don't we're not able to put language to who we are it's hard to it's hard to do that. Yeah. And yet, yet to, to just be who we are and to just let, let God use who we are because he's not sending some special, he's just sending us right. because now's the time for that. And we already know how to do this stuff if we don't if we don't try to over spiritualize it and overwork it and overdo whatever and just do what we already know to do with the plants. Uh, I mean, that's been my background for how many years? You know, 30 years I've been working uh, and planting and, and most of what I do too is building. So I I I fit rocks together. <laughs> so that they become something that doesn't tip over and not using mortar. So I don't daub it with untempered mortar, but I set up like a rock wall that's impenetrable and it's very stable so that you could walk on it, you can kick it, you could drive up against it and it doesn't move. But that's mortar. And so the things that you learn naturally, you know, to be able to fit the living stones together, so that they don't move once they're hit. They don't move when the storms come. They don't move whenever the wind and the waves are tossing against them. You know, for me, and, and of course I, I built, I plant also, but to realize that there are different ways that you do those plantings, there's different ways. And so just to use that same principle, because that's who I am. Right. And not to try to over-spiritualize it, not to try to do something different, just, just do that. Well, it's been, it's been 
you know, even now it's, you know, it's been liberating as I've gone on this journey and, and, you know, we've been speaking about this for years and just, right. But, but it's, it's just like, the, the, it's liberating just to be rather right. than trying to do it's liberating. And that's what I try and do with people is like, you try and fit into this mold of, you know, this is me, you know, I am right. And it's like, you know, why it's so religious. Yeah. In fact, I just, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to teach everywhere I go. Yes, I, I've got to, I've got to teach, I, you know, now if it's natural, it's right. not, not a burden. It's no. just, and you don't have to, you just, no. oh, that's the thing. So, um, Jesus said this in, in Luke chapter 20, obviously I'm in Luke at the moment, so I'm meditating on a lot of that, but he says in verse 45 of chapter 20, and while all the people were listening, he said to the disciples, beware of the scribes who the scribes are like the, the, the ones who wrote out the law and whatever else. And he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, love respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places <laughs> of honor at the banquets who devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Verse 21, and he looked up and saw, and then he went on from there. But uh, and I, I looked at that, I underlined it big, put a big block around it. And I guess, oh my goodness, you know, that's the thing we've got to beware of. Beware of those that come in their religious garb and looking for, for those places of honor and, you know, try and look spiritual and just not being, you know. I think today, I think... Mean, the less prominent we are, the more the body of Christ will grow. Right. Right. If we if we stay away, if we work in silence and stay away from prominence to try and get to be called the holy high man. I love what one guy said. He said, as soon as somebody says that my pastor or my prophet or my bishop is powerful, he said that tells him immediately that that guy's leadership is bad because right. he's being acknowledged as powerful, but he hasn't empowered the people. Leadership is not about power. It's about empowering. Right. It's, it's not about being the tree. It's about raising the trees. That's know? right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like a husbandman is a tree, but he's not the tree. He's not the forest. You know, the husbandman is not, I'm not the, the, the vegetable God. I create and facilitate and nurture that, but I don't, right. I'm not the vegetables. Thank yeah. God. Maybe I, son, look, maybe I sound like a vegetable, but I'm not a vegetable. <laughs> we're going to call you carrot top. <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah. My uh, uh, son went up with me up to, um, the Pacific Northwest a while it was several years ago now. And uh, he just asked if he could just say something. I said, sure, son, go ahead. He says, if I can explain how leadership works to my understanding, he said, all the time we're, we're trying to be this, this covering to somebody. And here's the individual or the plant. And he says, we try to cover that plant. He says, now, who do you see? Yeah. 
He says, all you see is you. You see your focus. You see your identity. You see who you are. You see your purpose. You see your whatever it is you're covering. He said, but what if we do as Christ, and I'm here to lift you up. So he says, I undergird you. If you start to go out of the way, I can, I can kind of help guide. But he said, my purpose is to raise you up unto Christ. He says, then my objective is always you. That's all I see is you. I don't even see me down here. I see you and I see where you are and I see what your purpose is and I see your calling unto Christ. And so my ability then to raise you up becomes first and foremost, not, not me, not my covering, not my, not me anything, but now it's you and what it is that Christ has put in you that becomes my purpose. And that's what a husbandman does. That's, that's that nurturing of that plant. Yeah. So, uh, it, that really stuck with me, just that visual for me. Um, and hopefully it stuck with some of the people up there at that time too, but you know, who knows it, I haven't talked to them, most of them since, but, uh, it'd be interesting to find out if, you know, anybody else retained that, but it might've been just for me, you know, who knows? Right. Yeah. Because understanding of that is totally different now than what it ever was. Because up to that time, my focus was on me, and I was being sent to the Pacific Northwest on a white horse with all my shining armor, and here I am to deliver you. Yeah, yeah. I've come to fix you. Yeah, come to fix everybody. Yeah. Yeah, because you're all off, bless God. Yeah. Mechanics, mechanics fix. You know what they do? Is a part is not working rip it out, throw it away, get a new part, put it in, make the right. machine work. And, uh, and I thought, you know, it's like composting. It's like, that's the machine of your garden. It's the right. Machine. But you know, you, you don't just pick up something and throw it away. You know, it's right. like, you put, you've got to, you've got to keep that machine working. You've got to dig around it. You've you got to add the right ingredients. You've got to have it in the right facility. I've got, I mean, I cover it nicely with cardboard, put logs on the top so it keeps the heat inside, turn, take it all out, put it all back again. It's crap for goodness sakes, you know, but... A lot of work. It's got to work, you know? Yeah. So I'm not trying to just fix something. I'm trying, it, what I'm doing is creating something that's going to nurture the vegetable plants. Right. And, and make them really grow. So I'm going to do this properly. Nobody right. sees it. It's just like, it's not, it's just the, the work you facilitation you do behind right. the scenes. Like you said, the objective is life. It has to be life. That's life. Microbe, uh, fungal life for the plant. It's true. Right. It has, you, oh, wow. Yeah, powerful. It's, yeah. it's about encouraging a life. The, the mindset has to be we, and you always say this, you know, it's like bringing life. Um, we have to be life givers. And that doesn't come through preaching, prophesying, apostolizing, eldering, deaconizing, you know, religiousizing. It's not comes through that. We've got to get this, you know. I hope we communicate this. It doesn't come if through. Nothing else, if nothing else, you and I can get this. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> we are getting it, man. <laughs> We're finally, finally getting it. Finally. What's the matter? Oh, boy. We... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, well, 
hey, <laughs> if I get it, praise God. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh man, yeah. Anyway, I, I just it's it's such a powerful principle, you know. I I, I said to Michelle this morning is like whatever go, going forward and whatever model God wants to, you know, how he wants to use her and I, you know, is the one thing that I, I don't want to be that person that when I started in 1990 planting, well, I planted before that, but in 1990, we got the first real thing going, you know, like where we planted in a little town. Man, I had to work. Yeah, we off. called it that. We called it that. We called it planting a church. Yes, it was. We called it that. Church. But but you know we we planted we we um, <laughs> went and found the little seedlings and stole it from other places and stuck it in the ground here and then we forced them to grow. I mean, and we rented a barn. Yeah, we rented a barn. Yes, we rented the barn, stuck it in the ground in the barn. We we injected stuff into it. I mean, we thought you better grow. We squeezed a little. You better grow. Why aren't you growing? And if it didn't work, we plucked it out, threw it away, and said, "You know, get another yeah. one." Yeah, so, you fit in this barn. Yeah, you fit someplace else. So, you know, from there, I just I I cannot ever work in that mentality again. I cannot work with that kind of model for me. I'm not talking about building model. I'm talking about the model for me is how I what kind of builder I am. I, I just, right. for me, it's nurturing now. It's like, I know people are weird. People do strange things. People are people, you know, it's like one guy said, he said, God, I know people I'm still trying to figure out, you know, it's just like people are strange. They do strange things, but because we, under, we strange, you know, we strange to some people, you know, it's like people look at us and they think we strange. So that's fine. The fact of the matter is, is that, Every the thing that I've learned so much, and it's like every seed you put in the ground has got a journey to grow. Some of them grow straggly, some of them grow fat short, some get leaves quickly, some take longer. I've got these beans, I've got bush beans. I'm, I'm it's stupid, something is eating some of the leaves, but anyway, so I've got these bush beans, and and some popped up quickly, some pop up slowly. So, some of them popped up and one leaf comes out and others are like already big. And then you're thinking, how does that work? You know, it's just like, why don't they all just evenly like microgreens, microgreens are exciting because they all grow even, you know, it's just like, really? it's, yeah, yeah, it's nice. I, so I keep them covered and till they, till they, um, so they're brown and yellow and they get this size. Then I take the lid off and, and put light on them and suddenly they go all green and, and it just becomes a mass of, of, uh, plants you know of really yeah, man and you just break them off and eat them like that or cut them with the scissors delicious very very nice microgreens anybody can do it um but uh so but you know the outside is just like they don't all look the same and i can't fix them you know it's just like i want to fix it but i can't they're right. all different they're all individual because they all got their journey they've had to journey through the ground through the through the mulch you know in their own way and so there's nothing you can do to fix it. And we've got to get out of that mentality of fixing, but rather bringing life, bring life to, to those around us. So, right. you know, I remember I had a Bible study um, back in the day, back in the 80s, man, in Johannesburg. Um, and it started with one lady. We had one lady. 
I mean, the church was like 2,000 people, members in it. But we started, Shell and I started a Bible study with one lady who was an alcoholic. And, um, and we just began to take her with us to, to worship services. And we'd sit in the car afterwards and talk. That's all. We had nobody else. We would sit in the car and have a Bible study. But we would just talk about the word and pray for her. And she got hit, delivered, totally delivered from, from um, alcoholism, you know. And, and uh, she began to serve God, tend, went to Bible, like a Bible academy kind of thing, a school of the academy, you know, school of the word kind of thing. And, and uh, so she started growing and nurturing. And she was part of what, the, for about three years of that Bible study, she was part of that. It ended up that we had, that thing grew to like 38, 39 people in the, in the Bible study. And I promise you, I had, I was not a theologian. I have no clue. All I would do is find a verse and talk about it, you know, just share. <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, and God was doing incredible things in our midst. You know, people were getting delivered from demons and, and getting healed and stuff. And you know what I did? Nothing. I, I like, I did, I was like this green bean. You know, when, when you're a green bean, you're so green, you're a green bean. You know, it's just like, I knew nothing, man. I was a green bean, but I was so excited. I was just like, yeah, excited, man. I was just excited. And uh, we used to call people and visit them and pray for them. But it started with that one lady just nurturing. And I, and I wasn't a prophet and I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't an elder and I wasn't a deacon. I wasn't even a scribe. I was nobody. But God did it, you know? Right. And a lot of times, just for those that you asked right at the very beginning, you said, how do we do this? You know, who's a husbandman? Well, basically, anybody who around you is a little plant or a little seed, you are the husbandman because you put there in that person's life for this reason. So you don't try to find out all the principles on how to build this plant or you're not trying to do a whole farm right now. So don't try to put the farm together. Don't try to get all of the uh, administration right. Don't try to you know, set everything in order that is wanting and lacking and come behind. We're not there yet. Right. You've got a plant. <laughs> you've, got, you know, you've got 10 plants. You got Help those plants grow right now. You don't have to have an administration to help some plants grow. Right. What we're trying to do a lot of times is what we've just come out of is church. And now all of a sudden we're going to replicate exactly what we came out of. And he's saying, this is a new day. This is a new, don't do it that old way because it did not work. So now find out what these plants need and help them grow. When it comes time to build the church, blah, blah, blah. I will do that because it's mine, but right. don't, don't worry about all those laws and all the forms and all the ordinances and all, you know, this and that and the other thing. It's not that time yet. Yes, exactly. Oh so. man, that's, that's the message we're trying to get across. That's, I, you know, to me is like this morning is like, this is what it's about. This is what we're trying to communicate. It's a, a new mind. For two years. For two years. This is, this, you know, I mean, we, Steve, you and I dance around this as the theme of our heartbeat. This is what it's about, really. This right. is what we're saying. 
And, and when you and I can talk about this in principle, and we do, I mean, this is the principle of what we talk about all the time. And, right. and uh, so, man, I appreciate your wisdom and I appreciate, um, appreciate, you know, the gift of God in your life and who you are. I, I really do. I, I really appreciate it. Well, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have been discovering a lot of who we are personally and how we function in this way. Right. Uh, because without this bouncing this off on it, I wouldn't have the clarity nearly as much. Yes. Uh, because this is this is what brings it out is this knitting together of one another. It's that the two bones that have come together that produce marrow right where we fit, and that's where uh, that's where to realize that I can't do this without you. And yeah. and I need I need you. I need this relationship in my life. And, you know, we've had it for what, 25 years or so. Yeah. And um, even though it's kind of ebbed and flowed during those different times, we've always picked back up kind of in the same, not the same place, but we have picked up in the, like we've grown a little bit further and now we're sharing from this point. Yeah. And it's always been that, uh, type of that give and take in our relationship where there's not, nobody's trying to vie for a position. Nobody's trying to vie for a place. And that's the, that is the thing that I want to caution everybody about is a lot of times you have all these relationships coming to you. Now, all of a sudden you decide that you need a position or you're trying to vie for a position, whether it be over, under, around, beside what, you know, don't vie for a position. If that person's in your life, Find out what that little plant needs and help them get to the next level. You are not necessarily the husbandman in that case, but treat them as a little plant. Right. You know, what, what does it hurt to find out what they need in life and give them that life? What does that hurt? Yes. And so if that's that, that is the thing you said today that just really got me is that this is about life. What if I can change my mindset? realize I'm here as a life-giving spirit. I'm here to give life. What is it that they need right now? And to just keep coming back to that. Um, and if I can give them life, I came that they might have life and that more abundantly. I'm sent the same way Christ was. Exactly. So the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and life. So if I can get back to that, uh, I've done, I've done what I'm supposed to do today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and let God grow whatever else right. is on its way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Awesome stuff, Steve. Thank you very much. Closing remarks <laughs> was um, powerful. Just ending of I, I'm I'm really really encouraged today. I you know just for me just that conversation over the past two weeks has just been so encouraging. I mean it's it's like you go from week to week and it's like this is high and this is high. It's like the journey in between is like you got to grapple with so much junk, you know, it's just like in your mindset, in your attitude, in your thinking, you just got to grapple with that. But um, we stay hungry for, for what God has for us. And, and I, you know, as I say, I appreciate you, my life. I appreciate these times appreciate together. You too. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, man. Enjoy thanks it. so much. All righty. Well, um, everybody, thanks for being with us again. And uh, whether you are watching on YouTube, Facebook, um, in the Facebook group, or listening to the KLE podcast, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for hopping on, being part of uh, our conversation. You know, this is like really, 
it's really an intimate kind of conversation that Steve and I have that, you know, this is what we've been doing, like we'd say for many years. And, and uh, we decided last year to jump on and, and start doing this together live so that you can be part of our conversation. And, uh, and this is so not so because this is our conversation. This is not about us teaching anybody. Um, it's just us sharing heart, being authentic, real, transparent with each other and really just inspiring, igniting one another in where we are, what we do as, uh, you know, heart to heart. And we, so we're just really opening up our lives and letting you be part of what we are doing here and, and what our conversation is um, with each other. This is what we do all the time. So we, we're very grateful for you to be part of that and, and, um, and trust that, uh, you know, you will, you will be inspired to, to walk in these things as well and to have the mind shift, mindset shift. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that nearly came out wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and to be, um, <laughs> I think I should end here. Um, and to be the life giver that needs to be out there. All right, so right. be the life giver, be the husbandman, be, be the, the gardener. To, to those around you. All right. So thanks for being with us. God bless you guys and have a super weekend.